This is season six of the Mini Culture Podcast. I'm your host, John Gebertatios. You may know that Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota is named after Dr. W.W. Mayo, who founded the clinic with his sons. But fewer people know of the Franciscan nun from Luxembourg, who also played a pivotal role in the fundraising and organizing of the medical facility. The story of how this nun came to Minnesota in the first place is a story of power struggles and competing loyalties. KFAI's Julie Sensulo tells the story. Across the street from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, is a 10-foot-tall bronze statue of William Worrell Mayo. W.W. Mayo was, as his name may suggest, one of the founding doctors of the world-renowned medical facility. This statue commemorates his work. But next to the statue of W.W. Mayo is a second statue, a statue of a nun in full habit with one arm outstretched as if offering assistance or maybe direction. This second statue depicts a woman named Mother Alfred Mose. And even though her statue was commissioned over 80 years after the statue of W.W. Mayo, Mother Alfred Mose was the first person to advocate for a hospital in Rochester. So who was Mother Alfred Mose? Who was the founding mother of Mayo? Everything she did was with extraordinary vision. Her gifts as a This is Franciscan sister Tierney Truman reading a passage about Mother Alfred in the Constitution of the Sisters of St. Francis in Rochester. To implement what she foresaw. This specific passage in the Constitution mentions Mother Alfred's passion for education and for helping people. But it also alludes to another element of her life. Despite misunderstandings that plagued her life of service, She was faithful to the truth of her inner call, and she was. In fact, it was one of these misunderstandings that brought Mother Alfred to Minnesota, where she would meet W.W. Mayo in the first place. Mother Alfred Mose was an immigrant from Luxembourg. She came to the United States with her sister in 1851. She was particularly interested in teaching and the church provided an avenue for her to be an educator. After teaching in schools around the Midwest for several years, she founded a Franciscan congregation in Joliet, Illinois. As the founder, she took on the role of mother superior of the congregation. When you think about a woman who was a mother superior of her community, this was a woman who had an awful lot of power. This is Kathleen Sprose Cummings. She's a professor of history and American studies at the University of Notre Dame. Essentially, a mother superior was like a a CEO before you could even imagine having women as CEOs of things. Mother Alfred was a great administrator. But despite this, and perhaps because of it, she often found herself in conflict with church leadership. There was conflicts in the stereotype about what women religious really should look like. This is Sister Ramona Miller. She's the elected president of the Sisters of St. Francis in Rochester. And the European way would be more monastic, more enclosed, more confined. And Mother Alfred was out with the people, like in the Franciscan spirit, to be very relational. Mother Alfred's congregation grew quickly. She had an infectious personality, and she attracted many women to join the congregation and to teach in the schools that the congregation built and ran. 
The success of the community also attracted the attention of Bishop Thomas Foley in Chicago. The Bishop of Chicago considered himself the authority over women religious in that area. And apparently Mother Alfred was a very strong leader that probably irritated the bishop that he was not exactly happy that she was so independent. Power struggles between mother superiors and bishops were not entirely uncommon at this time. The Catholic Church, especially in the 19th century, had very hierarchical lines of authority. A bishop, of course, had ultimate control over his diocese. But because women religious were on the ground in their communities, providing services like education, they were often able to operate with some degree of independence. Here's Professor Kathleen Cummings again. Women religious were often in an ambiguous position in that they were directly responsible to an ecclesiastical superior who was across an ocean, but right there in front of them was the person that was claiming authority over them. So the lines of authority could be very blurred and it created all sorts of drama for many women religious in the 19th century. In order to stifle Mother Alfred's influence, Bishop Foley forced the Joliet sisters to elect a new mother superior of the congregation. The sisters elected a woman named Mother Alberta. Around the same time, the Joliet congregation was receiving invitations from other communities, many addressed to Mother Alfred personally, to come and build schools elsewhere. Hoping it would take her mind off the tension with Bishop Foley, Mother Alberta encouraged Mother Alfred to travel to Minnesota to focus on building a school. Mother Alfred and several sisters from Joliet traveled to Rochester to build a school called the Academy of Our Lady of Lords. It's still operating today. But tensions were still high between Bishop Foley and Mother Alfred. The conflict came to a head on December 7th, 1877. Here's Sister Ramona Miller. They were completed with the school and opening in Rochester, and there was what we would call today like a ribbon-cutting ceremony or a big dedication ceremony. Bishop Foley sent the new Mother Superior from Joliet to the ceremony in Rochester with an order. She said, Mother Alfred, the bishop said, I should come back with the title to the property here and your money. The title to the property and all of the school's finances were in Mother Alfred's name which would have been standard since she was the one overseeing the construction. For two weeks she prayed about that and was not going to give up the title of the property or the money. She didn't feel the bishop had a right to that. Eventually, Mother Alfred told the bishop no. She felt that the school belonged to herself and to the sisters who had built it. The bishop said in that case, she may not come back to Joliet. Bishop Foley banned Mother Alfred from her community in Joliet, a community that she had founded. Foley said that anyone who wanted to follow Mother Alfred could leave and never come back. In total, 23 sisters, including Mother Alfred's biological sister, Sister Barbara, left their families, their homes, and their communities in Joliet, all to follow Mother Alfred to Minnesota. It would have been an awful situation, terribly painful. And they didn't have telephones and computers and, you know, airplanes to visit back and forth. It would have been even a challenging physical journey to get out here to Minnesota in the wintertime. 
the 23 sisters who followed Mother Alfred would end up founding their own Franciscan congregation. But Mother Alfred was still under scrutiny. The new congregation in Rochester fell under the authority of Bishop Thomas Grace in St. Paul. Initially, Bishop Grace was apprehensive about letting Mother Alfred continue to run Our Lady of Lourdes after what had transpired in Joliet. He sent a local priest to survey the school to make sure everything was running appropriately. A few weeks later, the priest wrote back to say that Mother Alfred and her sisters were qualified teachers. It's tremendously frustrating. Again, Professor Cummings. To look back and to see what these women, who were the backbone of the Catholic Church and really the backbone of America, they were providing social services and educational services before the state provided these things. It's really frustrating sometimes to see what they had to contend with and the way they had to cultivate sympathetic male allies. Bishop Grace seemed satisfied with the priest's review and permitted Mother Alfred to run the congregation. The Rochester Franciscans got to work running Our Lady of Lourdes. They also built a school in Awatana, as well as a school in Ohio. And that was their main focus for several years, creating spaces for education. But then something happened. Something that shifted the focus of the Rochester congregation. It would have been August of 1883. That year, a tornado ripped through Rochester. Homes were leveled. 57 people were killed, and over 100 were seriously injured. Because Our Lady of Lourdes was empty for the summer, it was used as a place to take shelter. Many injured people were also brought to the school building to recover. W.W. Mayo was a British doctor practicing in Rochester at the time. His two sons, Will and Charlie, were home for the summer from medical school. All three Mayos got to work helping people who had been injured by the tornado. They requested that Mother Alfred send some of her sisters to care for the wounded. Watching the sisters care for people alongside the Mayos gave Mother Alfred an idea. She said, you know, this town needs a hospital. He was totally opposed. He said, oh, no, no, no. People only go to a hospital to die. That was true at the time. That second voice is Sister Tierney Truman again. In addition to being a Franciscan sister, she's also the current coordinator of the Mayo Clinic Values Council. And she points out that hospitals were not viewed favorably in the 19th century. People preferred to receive medical care in their homes. On top of that, Dr. Mayo said, We would never be able to raise enough money, and it would never succeed. But as the founder of two congregations and several schools, Mother Alfred was undeterred. She made a deal with W.W. Mayo. She said, look, we sisters will raise the money and build the hospital if you and your sons design it and staff it. They shook hands on that, an equal partnership. And Mother Alfred did it. She and her congregation raised $40,000 for the initial construction of St. Mary's Hospital. That would be over $1 million today. Had either one of them not fulfilled their part of the bargain, mail wouldn't exist today. Not only did they raise the money for the hospital, but sisters from the Rochester congregation were also some of the first nurses to staff it. Mayo's two sons, Will and Charlie, went on to found a research clinic called Mayo Clinic. And today, St. Mary's Hospital and Mayo Clinic operate as one. 
St. Mary's Hospital might not exist today if it weren't for Mother Alfred's leadership. Ironically, it was her leadership and Bishop Foley's distrust of it that brought her to Minnesota in the first place. Mother Alfred continued to build and staff schools and mentor other sisters for the remainder of her life. After Bishop Foley died, Mother Alfred was able to visit the sisters in the Joliet community in 1898. She died one year later. In 1996, a woman named Carol Gunderson from the Rochester congregation reached out to Sister Mary Elliott, who was Sister Tierney's predecessor at Mayo. Carol Gunderson suggested that a statue be built to honor Mother Alfred. She wrote in an email, perhaps it is time to put her in her proper place in this community. On a cool, sunny day in October 2004, a statue of Mother Alfred was put up next to W.W. Mayo in Faith Family Park on 4th and Center in downtown Rochester. Together, they represent the partnership between a doctor and a nun that spawned one of the most highly regarded medical facilities in the world. As Sister Tierney puts it, I think just they're standing together, they're the foundation. They are the founder founders. For KFAI, I'm Julie Sensulo in Minneapolis. Mother Alfred's story is chronicled in great detail in the book, Odyssey and Faith, the story of Mother Alfred Mose by Sister Carlin Crayman. Special thanks to Professor Maggie McGinnis at LaSalle University in Philadelphia for providing additional commentary. Support for Mini Culture on KFAI has been provided by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Season six of the Mini Culture Podcast is executive produced and edited by Julie Sensulo with editing help from Ryan Dawes and Melissa Olson. I'm your host, John Gibertatios. Thanks for listening, friends. <laughs>